I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Bobby. Hi, my name is Bobby. Can you hear me? Hi, Bobby. Hi, Bobby. Hi, Bobby. Hi, Bobby. Uh, I am a recovering compulsive overeater. Um, to qualify, I asked Harriet if people did that, and I like to do it so people know where I'm coming from. Um, I'm, I'm one of the old timers. I have 32 years of abstinence, abstaining from compulsive you know, you, you, you said, you know, I could stop early. I, I have, I'm going to tell you what it was like, but I really have to think hard because it was 32 years ago. Um, but I, I, I remember. I mean, I, I kind of remember because I'm so much in the present with a very full life and what's going on and feeling all the feelings and the journey of life and the experiences, the ups, the downs. So just bear with me so I can go back a ways to tell you how I got to this program. Um, I grew up in the Midwest. I grew up on a farm. I was the youngest of four. Um, I think I was born um, always concerned about my weight. My sister was a skinny beanpole. She could eat whatever she wanted. And I was watching it from, I think, kindergarten. I remember very vividly wearing a red cardigan sweater all the time because I hated my arms. I was very um, very much interested from a little person in becoming an actress. And my dream and my goal was to become a star and, you know, successful and blah, 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 blah. And it was kind of hard because, you know, being on a farm in the Midwest, <laughs> I didn't know how I was going to do that, but I would play act and write my, I mean, come up with my own plays and sing, and when I was playing, I would be performing in front of a make-believe audience. There was, there was just one little problem with that. I, I really didn't have good self-esteem at all. I mean, I wanted to be out there and up in front of people and performing and all the love from the outside, but I didn't really have any on the inside. Um, I grew up on a farm, but I've got to go back just a tad and say that I was actually adopted by these people. Um, my sister and my two brothers were as well, so we were all adopted on this to go to this farm. So I grew up in a children's home, actually, and I remember as a little little girl thinking, until we got adopted, why didn't anybody want us, or where was the love, or why wasn't I? As a little girl, I, I went to the farm not a little less than three years old. So it starts very young that you feel that there's something missing and you're not getting the, the parent love kind of thing. So I, I really didn't know how to give it to myself. Okay, so we got to the farm. I didn't really, I got along with my mom, but I didn't really care for my adopted father. He was a farmer and he was dirty and smelly, and we had 300 cows and pigs and chickens and sheep, and um, I didn't like the dirt under the fingernails. I liked clean. I don't, I mean, I was like, you know, anal from childbirth. Anyway, um, and still am, by the way, but not quite as bad, or and or perfectionist, whatever you choose to call it. So anyway, um, 
So the self-love that I know today that I need in order to give myself the gift of this program, I, I didn't have. I learned that here. Um, and it was a, a journey and a, and a progression and, you know, everything. I'm, I'm listening to the, the 30, the 90, the six months, and, I, and I'm flashing back to that many years ago. And it, it's, it's a hard road, but it's a fantastic road. I wouldn't change one thing. Not one thing. Anyway, so we got adopted. I was the youngest of four. My mother was a terrific baker, and when she was depressed, I found out years later she used to bake, so she baked every day, <laughs> and wasn't, which I didn't know. I found that out years later from my aunt, actually. And anyway, um, you know, I was always afraid. I mean, we had plenty of food, but I had my father and my two older brothers and I was always afraid I was never going to get enough food. You know, got, you know, I should have. So I filled up on desserts, you know, and I was a little chunky, a little, not, I was never obese, but I was always 20-ish pounds overweight. And in my mind, I might, have, might as well have been 500 pounds overweight. But in any case, that did not stop me from wanting to go to New York and be an actress and become successful, blah, blah, blah. And I was always on diets, always on diets. As I said, I wore the, I wonder whatever happened to that cardigan sweater. I should have kept it, actually. But anyway, um, I was always self-conscious about how I looked. And, and I, always, I always felt less than, less than anybody, everywhere, anywhere. So I didn't quite figure out from the farm to New York how I was going to overcome that. But anyway... My mother made me go to one year of college. She said I could not go to straight out of high school to New York, but I wanted to go to New York and study in New York as opposed to California. <laughs> so deep down, I'm really a transplant New Yorker that has come out here, um, now here a long time. But So anyway, I did go to New York, and what helped me was that I went to drama school, and I was told that I was very good. I stood out. And if you really work at it, really work at it, you will become successful. But I'm also very impatient. I have no patience whatsoever. At this stage, I have a little more patience. But, you know, I wanted it yesterday. But, again, not really a lot of self-esteem. So I would go to auditions, and I was working as a waitress, you know, the typical. But I started binging. Uh, I didn't know that was the word then. I just would eat a lot. There was a restaurant years ago called Steak and Brew. It's not there anymore. And you could have all the salad you wanted. And, you know, I was a damn good waitress. But um, what started happening was, because this is a progressive disease, I would then start binging before I got to work. And I was so sick, I could, like, I would lie um, and I'd have to miss work, or once I got to work, I would be binging there, kind of eat, 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 wait on tables, eat, 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 wait on tables, and I would then pretend I was sick because I had to go home early, but what I really wanted to do was go to this bakery, this Italian bakery on 2nd Avenue, and I wanted to get there before they closed because they had my favorite Italian dessert. True. I mean, you lie, you do whatever you do to take care of your habits, so to speak. So 
One night, I was binging my brains out. I had all my food laid out on my bed because I had my television in my bedroom. And I'm watching this program many, many years ago. Some of us may or may not remember. David Susskind had a panel, who is long deceased, um, of this group of people talking about compulsive overeating and this organization called Overeaters Anonymous. Yeah, 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 right, right, right. Okay. That, sounds, that sounds interesting. Da, 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 da. Couldn't, wasn't making the connection. Well, fast forward, I, you know, watched the program, and I kind of was aware that my eating was getting worse, and my eating was becoming unmanageable and was getting in the way of my life. Well, there really wasn't any life. I remember in the streets of Manhattan walking with my eyes down, You know, when I walked down the street, my eyes would always be facing the ground. And I'll never forget that, because that was a long time ago. And I don't do that anymore. I don't do that anymore. I just don't, unless I'm embarrassed or something. But um, it was hard when you're walking on the streets of Manhattan, and I'm going back a long time, and it's probably even more crowded now, but it was pretty crowded then. It was still pretty crowded. So anyway, I decided somehow to try to find a meeting on the East Coast. But... I called, I guess, an 800 number, and they said then I had to call California because it it originated here. So to find out where it was on the East Coast, I had to call some number in California. So I did. And I remember going to a meeting in my little Ampere dress, which they have that style back now, and I hate it. I hate that. I hate that style because, you know, it comes to here and then you got all this material and my stuff. I remember very, it was a darling dress, but I had to wear it because I couldn't fit into anything else. Um, and, uh, oh, I was trying to pursue an acting career before I get to the OA meeting. I was trying to pursue an acting career and I did. I went on auditions, but, again, that Darn self-esteem. You get there, and I, you know, two hours to get ready, then I rush in and look all around, and oh my God, everybody looks much more qualified than I am, so I ran into the bathroom and tried to fix my face and, you know, put the makeup on to make my face look thinner and blah, blah, blah. Well, I got some little bit parts here and there, some under fives on soap operas, and I auditioned for a couple of Broadway shows, but nothing ever happened, really, because I believe... For myself, I can only speak for myself, that uh, what you believe is what you receive. And on some level, I really didn't feel I was worthy to get anything, which is not too great. But uh, coming to this program, I learned how to love myself and get abstinent, learn to love myself, do what this program tells me to do, and live my life to the very, very, very fullest. So... I found a meeting. I stood up. I said, I'm jumping around. I said, um, you know, I I, I don't really think I'm a compulsive overeater. I I just think I eat a little bit too much. Well, you know, here's the old thing is that I keep coming back, right? The friends keep coming back. So I started to. I thought, okay, okay, you know, I want to be an actress. I ought to try to get it together here. So... I didn't get it together for about a year. I would get abstinent and break it. I had a sponsor, 30 days, I would blow it. Well, you know, sponsors don't really like that. Uh, (laughs) You either want to be willing to be abstinent or you're not. So 
Uh, I had a, a few sponsors before I finally got it together. Um, and actually, one of the things that helped me get it together was, I think I had like 30 days, and I was at a meeting. And they needed a leader. They needed a, 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 a secretary. And I guess 32 years ago, 30 days was good, I guess, because they someone nominated me. I don't, I don't remember who. And uh, I got elected to be secretary. And that was kind of the beginning of the journey of fast forward to my abstinence now. Um, I stayed abstinent from that night forward. And... Um, I got a very phenomenal sponsor. She was absolutely incredible, Joni. I wish somehow I could track her down to this day. She was amazing. Uh, a, firm, a firm sponsor, but yet um, a very loving one. And she'd always put it back on me. You know, you can do whatever you want. You can, uh, you can have your 90, you can have your six months, and then you can blow it, and you can be doing that. She, she'd say the handwriting would be on the wall. You know if you keep doing that, you're just going to keep doing that, and it's never going to get any better. So it's really up to you. What do you, what do you want? Do you want to be abstinent, or do you not want to be abstinent? And, and that really helped me, because she said, you can't be abstinent and binge at the same time. It's just not possible. You can't do that. So I... I I stayed abstinent, and I listened to what she said, and I, I did the fourth step and the fifth step, and I met a man who I thought, this is still in New York, was the love of my life. Uh, he was a merchant marine. I do have to mention Patrick because he was an integral, integral part of me kind of, kind of taking off on my own journey and moving out to California. He was an alcoholic, and I stayed abstinent through... Being with him, it was hard. I was going to those OA meetings and going to those Al-Anon meetings and staying abstinent. And um, finally, I got the courage. I really loved him. I, I, I wanted to be with him for the rest of my life. But his disease took off, and mine didn't. And I finally said, after six and a half years, I said, it's the beer or me. And he chose the beer. So I had a sister who lived out here and a brother, and I, they had always wanted me to come out to L.A., and I'd been in New York for 13 years, and I just decided I'm coming out here. I'm going to make a new start, and I love New York. Believe me, I did not want to leave New York. I did not want to leave New York, but I decided I'd give up give up the acting, whatever that meant. I mean, I would stop auditioning and, and just... Let it go. I'd have to let it go. I actually work in the entertainment industry today, but, but nothing like a performer. I'm not a, I don't even go near that. But anyway, um, so I moved out here, and I lived with my sister for a while, and I remained, of course, abstinent. And then I got on this kick that I really wanted to get married. And my whole focus seemed to be, I got a job and, you know, make friends and all of that. And stayed absent, and, you know, my, I kept improving on my self-esteem. But then after, you know, I was getting a little older, and <laughs> I thought, you know, I'd like to get married. So I started going to single things alone, and nothing happened. And, but, but what did happen 
not out there, but internally was, is that I really had, I was alone. I was alone, I was alone, I was alone, I was alone. And what it taught me, and I'd say, you know, God, I think I'm doing everything right. What, you know, what's the deal? Isn't it time? I'm not. Well, I learned in this program that there's my time and then there's God's time. I choose to call my higher power God. And I got to tell you, his time is a heck of a lot slower than mine. I mean, really, really slower than mine. But I also know that there's a reason. There's a reason for everything. And it's very easy for me to stand here this very moment and tell you, because I'll tell you some more stuff, that I'm calmly saying this this moment, because I was about I met a guy on a blind date, the 750,000th blind date, and my girlfriend said to me, not kidding, Robert, I'm really not. My girlfriend said to me, as she was setting it up, she said, Bobby, he's a friend of Burke's, and he's a delightful guy. You'll have a lot of fun. He's got pretty blue eyes, but don't expect anything. You know, it'll be fun. It was 4th of July. As a matter of fact, it was um, July 6th. 1996 was my first date with with my husband. Anyway, um, so I went out. I didn't like him at all. I said, I made it very clear on the first date, ladies, don't do this. Don't do this, anyone who's single. Please do not do this. We went out to El Torito Grill in the marina, and we're talking. Well, he's talking, 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 only about himself, himself, himself. Not, no, not lying with me at all. Okay, but I'm feeling good, and I'm, I'm feeling good about myself. I've got, you know, a good, a good stretch of abstinence, and my life is working, and I'm okay to be alone, and okay, I'll go on this hundred millionth blind date. And I say to him at the end of the date, I say, look, here's the deal. <laughs> You're not really my type. Um, I, 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 I really want to get married, and... <laughs> And you, you don't really see. He was a bachelor. He had never been married. He was 53, 53. And I said, you know, you're really very sweet, and I think you're, you know, have a good life, and you, you seem like you have a good heart, and so forth. But, you know, you're not for me. So I get a rose on my doorstep, maybe a week later, and he gives me a call, and he goes, you know, maybe we could try again. You seem like a really nice person, and I said, "Well, okay." You know, the rose kind of did it for me. I'm a sucker for, for flowers or a rose. You know, he didn't splurge or anything. You know, one rose, but that's okay. That's okay. Um, so we went out, and boy, it was a 180 degree, degree turnaround. How? What do you think about this? And uh, how? You know, he asked me questions about me. Whoop de do. You know, men. <laughs> All the men that I ever seemed to go out with, that was their biggest, A, they would either never call back, or B, when they said they were, or B, it was always about them. Always, always, always. Okay. So that was also a roller coaster ride, because in a year, I gave him an ultimatum. And I, no, I'm sorry, two years, two years. I, I was about to turn a very significant, very significant number, and I said, I am not going to be a girlfriend at this number. At this age. So we either go forward or we take a walk. Well, 
I have to say, from a person who had zero self-esteem 20, 30 years ago to a person, a lady who said, you know, I'm worth having what I want. See, that's to me what the time, God gave me the time to learn about myself, to find out who I am, what my character flaws are, what I can deal with with the help of my higher power. I never go through anything alone. Never. To this day, to this moment, it's always I'm in conscious contact with my higher power, whom I choose to call God. I otherwise, otherwise, I have to say, newcomers, don't don't be afraid when I say this. After 32 years, if I didn't have a higher power, I would be very I don't know. I think I'd be a little more afraid and cautious to go out and live life to the fullest because that's what this program allows me to do. Live it to the fullest. Take risks. uh, Say what I need to say, whether it be my boss or my husband or my, my family. I never used to do that. I was a people pleaser. I always just wanted to make you hear exactly what you wanted to hear so you'd like me. And I hope you like me. If you don't, well, that's okay too. But I am who I am, and that's okay. That's what this program has taught me. I actually, I've grown up in this program. I'm, I'm not a little girl anymore. I mean, that doesn't mean that I can't be vulnerable and I still don't get afraid, which I do. Of course I do. And I, and I don't get fearful because I do still get fearful. Um, so what? So what? So what? I have the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous, it says Alan, of Overeaters Anonymous to get me through without overeating. And something that is amazing to me still as a recovering compulsive overeater is that when I have moments, lots of moments lately, of like fear or anxiety, I lose my appetite, which for me as a compulsive overeater is amazing to me. It's because 32 years ago, I was off to the 7-Eleven or the deli or the bakery or the whatever, whatever, just to stuff everything down. That, is, that just isn't an option for today. It is just not even an option. So, P.S., two years after the ultimatum, um, which, by the way, we did break up for two months, and I, I stayed extremely close to higher power and meetings and friends and lots of tears, but I said to myself, if you really believe that you are worthy to finally finally have what you want, you must be willing to let him go, or whatever, whatever it is, go to move forward. Well, two months later, he comes back, and he wants to go to therapy, to treatment. I laugh now, it seems funny now. So, come to therapy with him to figure out why he couldn't, he couldn't commit. Okay, so I ran to my therapist, and I said, what the hell should I do? And she said, give it a try. If you really like to try to be with this man, go. Well, of course, there was a dead deadline. Don't think for one minute. We, so for a few months, we went, and then he proposed. And hence, we, November, we'll be married seven years. 
And that has been a gift, a blessing, um, a joy. Uh, it's nice to get what you want. <laughs> I mean, it took it took a lot of years, a lot of a lot of working on me and working on me and being alone and asking and crying and pleading with God, why, 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 why? God isn't going to give me the answer. I have to deal with honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness. How am I going to deal with whatever is going on in my life today? Today. So I want to tell you what's going on in my life today. Um, it's, it's been a joy. It's been... I always try to look at things, again, all, all from this program. Just whatever I'm saying, it, it's not original. Believe me. It's not, I mean, it is coming out of my mouth because I'm talking. But everything I've learned is from Overeaters Anonymous and the 12 Steps. It is a magnificent gift. It is a way of life that I, I do my best one day at a time, one minute at a time. And I said to Harriet, because we, we confirmed with each other uh, fr- Friday night. Was that last night? Yes. I said to her, there was one point a few days ago that I almost called her up and I said, you know, I'm having a hard time. Not, not with food. It's not about the food. Not about overeating. Probably undereating, which is okay. But, you know, I always get back to my by my abstinence that's good for me. And I said, I didn't, because I can share that part too. And she said, yes, I can. I am perfectly abstinent. If I wasn't abstinent, I wouldn't be standing up here. But we um, had been planning to build a house for three years. We fired two architects. We finally got a third one. And in my wildest dreams, it was really hard for me to actually believe that it would happen. Three years is a long time to plan a one-story house. Okay? And it was hell. Hell. Okay? But here's the interesting thing where I say God, God's time really works out better than my time. What happened was we're getting close, we're getting close. We live in Hancock Park, and Hancock Park has these rules and regu- <coughs> regulations that you have to, they, <coughs> excuse me, can dictate certain things when you're building a house. It was taking forever, taking forever, taking forever. Well, we finally got to the point where permits, blah, 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 boring, 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 and it was time to look for a place to move out. Well, my husband was talking to our neighbor, who he's known his a lot, a lot of years, and he was just saying, gee, it's kind of expensive around here for two-bedroom apartments and so forth. So it was just in passing. A couple of days later, our neighbor calls and says, how would you like to rent my house, which is right next door? What happened was he wanted to rent his house. He wanted to move to Burbank um, for basically rent it to us for peanuts, um, and we would literally be right next door to watch everything that was going on to building this house so immediately in my mind I the first words out of my mouth when my husband called me to tell me that was thank you God thank you God because my husband is extremely nervous about building this house and I don't blame him it's a lot a lot of money to be building this house uh, but we needed to do it Uh, his house was very very old and so forth Um, that was a journey in, in and of itself but too boring to go into 
Um, the, the point is, my husband is, is a pack rat. And when it was time to move, he, he really didn't want to throw anything out. <laughs> and one of the things, as a compulsive reader, one of my character defects is, listen, just do it my way, okay? <laughs> throw it out or give it to charity. But, you know, that's it. Go, stay, keep, go, charity, that's it. Not my husband. Not my husband. Okay, so at one recent Last week, I took off, and the working vacation was packing and moving. And you're looking at one of the movers. I mean, we moved from this house to this house. I must have, I must have made 10,000 trips back and forth. I mean, the big stuff, my husband had a friend help him. But I, 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 I kept saying, this, it's time, Bobby. You can do this. You can do this. When I looked at this house that we had to pack up and go next door, I, 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 just, I just didn't think it was going to be possible. With hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of... My entire body ached from uh, almost all last week, from the, just from the walking back and forth. That's all it was. And I thought to myself, I cannot do this. And, but, I, but I did do it. I, the word can't is really, I don't want to, okay? And when someone preferably him or my boss or my sister or anybody, isn't doing what I want, I don't have control. I don't really have control over anything or anybody but myself. And I learned that here too. But, you know, I, I'm human and it's one day at a time and I forget that and just do it. Could you just, could you just do it my way? Could you, and, you know, why do I have that expectation at all? It's ridiculous. But like I said, I'm not perfect. This program is one day at a time, one minute at a time. And on top of all of this, my dear sister is in the hospital for the second time because she's having some medical problems and none of the doctors can seem... I don't, I don't think they're life-threatening. But at the same time, I have to turn it over to God. I have to say, okay, God, this is the second time in two weeks that she's back in the hospital with chest pains and a throat problem and an ear pressure thing and her back and her neck. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, oh, my God. And my sister has been healthy as a horse her entire life. She's just my older sister. So all I can do is one moment at a time, whether it be this house that's going up very fast and, you know, my husband's starting to write the checks for this, that, and the other, and I just must continue to stay very close to my higher power, continue to trust and have faith that whatever the journey is, whatever it is, and it, I mean, it sounds kind of simple, but sometimes it's really hard to carry out, because I know the words. I really do know the words after 32 years. I say to myself, please God, every morning, this is what I say, please God, Give me um, spiritual, emotional, and physical abstinence. Uh, thy will, not mine, be done today. And please guide all of my actions, all of my reactions, and please guide me through this day. That is what I say every single day. The second I wake up, I do some reading, I, I try to meditate, uh, I, I like living my life. I really do. I mean, with the ups, with the downs, I'm a ner- 
it's, glor- it's all glorious because I get to feel everything, I get to experience everything, whatever, whatever that means. It, it's absolutely wonderful to be able to say that as a compulsive overeater. Um, I love getting married abstinent. It was fantastic. Congratulations again, both of you. Um, it, it, and whatever the nerve-wracking thing is, um, I have to say, I think it's terrific. It's, it's, it's a gift. It's not terrific. It's a gift and a blessing to be able to have the willingness to go through it. And then not only do I go through it, I actually grow through it. And it makes me stronger. Whatever it is, whatever the issues are that we each have in our lives, this, the 12 steps, will get me through no matter what. And I, I cannot tell you how grateful I am. Um, I, I don't go to that many meetings anymore. I, I do go to meetings. But when I do go to meetings, I always put my number down, and I'm more than willing to speak and share and, and um, tell you that this program is so worth belonging to. I'm grateful to say that I'm a grateful compulsive overeater. And for all of the newcomers and the people that are just starting out, um, it's a magnificent way to live one's, my life one day at a time. And I will be saying that till forever. So please keep coming back and thank you. Thank you. Uh, we have five minutes. Does anyone have a question? Hi, I'm Marie. Hi, Marie. I'm just wondering, because being new, you know, I'm always wondering how people stay abstinent and struggle. And I'm just wondering, like, in 32 years, have you ever had a hard time with staying abstinent? Well, I did in the beginning. Okay. Once you got it, I'm wondering. No. Okay. No. Because I know binging and purging, whatever in your case it would be the purging, it's not worth it. It's hell. It's, it's, It's death to me. It's living death. I would go back to um, not not being a human being. I would I would feel like I would want to kill myself. It's it's not worth it to me. So after I got you know a year and or, or the, that meeting, I I did whatever my sponsor d- told me to do to stay abstinent. And what when she said, Bobby, you have to either want to be abstinent or or you want to binge more. Make a decision one day at a time. And one day at a time, I prayed for the willingness to be willing to be abstinent. And God blessed me with the willingness one day at a time. Mm-hmm. What is your exact abstinence? What do you, I'm what sorry? Is, what is your abstinence exactly? In terms no, of... No binging method? Or is there certain food? Uh, no, I eat anything. I eat anything. I eat in moderation. I... And the lower, the lowest weight I've been in my whole life, um, and it's, it's. I don't want to overeat or binge on anything. I used to, I used to binge on lettuce and cottage cheese and celery. It didn't have to be, you know, the the, the sugar or the starch, whatever. Um, I, I started. I will say this: the first, I should have said this. I'm sorry. The first seven years of my of my abstinence was gray sheet. See, we had food plans in those days. 
We don't have those anymore. I mean, I think there's food choices that you can choose from, but not then. It was gray sheet, orange sheet, and I think that... Oh, then, then there was the how, which I think how is still out here. Um, it's very, very, very um, regimented, which was too regimented for me because I was always afraid I'd be so hungry I'd run out and binge. So it was, it was a very moderate food plan for, for seven years. And then after seven years, you were talking about the carp or the starch. Yeah. <laughs> My sponsor finally said to me, Bobby, I think you can have, I'm going to say this, I think it's okay, a piece of whole wheat toast <laughs> to, to start to add back. So that's what I did. One whole wheat piece of toast or a piece of bread for like a set, you know, put the protein on it and then flip over the one, one slice of bread. So that was it for seven years. Then I decided I could... I was okay to branch out a little bit, but I was on a food plan like that. Yes? What's your relationship with sugar now? Healthy? What does that mean? That means I, ha I can have a dessert, one dessert, and then it's done. I don't need... Once a week or... Oh, um, oh, okay. Uh, a birthday, an anniversary, um, I, I don't eat, I don't eat a lot of sugar, like dessert, dessert. Uh, I don't need a lot of starch either. I kind of limit that to if we go out to Louise's, I'll have some bread because I love their bread. But um, I, I kind of I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty regimented. Even though I say I can eat anything or I I will eat anything, I mean I'm still pretty regimented in what I eat. But no one's no one's telling me you can or can't eat this or that. But again, that took seven years of uh, gray sheet. Which was no starch. Yes, sorry. No, we've done. No, I'm done. Oh, has there ever been a time when you had dessert and you wanted to have more? Nope. No? Nope. That's it. Because my mentality is I want to be abstinent. I don't, I don't want to binge or self-destruct. And to me, if I had another dessert, like full dessert, let's say, I mean, I'm not talking about one cookie and I decide to have one or two more. You know, a cookie is one thing. A piece of pie or cake or something, then I decide to have more. My, men my mentality is spiritual, emotional, and physical abstinence comes first, no matter what. So, if I decide it's something, no, it's just not there to do because then it would go into self-destruct mode, because that's what it could... Have you had, like, this thought, but just not active? No. No? No. No. One more? Anyone else? Did you do a fourth step inventory when you were working with That was a long time ago. Yeah, that's true. But I, I kind of stay in touch with a very close friend that we, we all almost kind of do a fourth and fifth together every time we talk kind of thing. I mean, you have to do, I, I, I have to do that, particularly with what's going on with the house and sometimes with what's going on in my marriage too. I mean, that, that isn't always la, 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 wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. There's stuff that has nothing to do with the house that I get pretty upset about and I have to make a call and, and I have to get it out and then get get help back because I, I, I don't have it at the moment within myself to do it so I'm not just I can't do this alone and, and higher power I need my friends and, and people in the program too 
and my, <clears throat> my friends who aren't in the program are like they're in the program. So it's all about working the program. <laughs> That's it. Thank you. Thank you.